you woke up this morning, it's a good day. If you woke up healthy, it's a good day. If you woke up refreshed, then it's a good day. So get up, get out, get on your way. If you woke up broke, it's still a good day. And if you woke up diseased, it's still a good day. And if you woke up exhausted, it's still a good day. Because you woke up, so get on your way. Welcome to Travel by Proxy, the show where we leave our house so you don't have to. I'm Andrea. And I'm Aaron. In each episode, we feature a destination anywhere from right in our neighborhood to far off lands. We bring you our experience, some history, and a taste of each destination by sampling something unique to it. So whether you're listening to this in your car, on a train, on a plane, or in Spain, you'll learn about something to add to your bucket list. Or to remove from it. In this week's episode, we explore Merlin's Rest in Minneapolis, Minnesota. We talk about and taste some scotch whiskey, and we learn about the history of this neighborhood pub. I love this neighborhood pub. Actually, one of my favorite things about this pub is the pub sings that they do there. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I was introduced to these at the Dubliner in St. Paul, which they do on the second Tuesday of every month. No, wait, second Monday. Yeah, second Monday of every month. Yeah, it's, it's, isn't it? The, is it the third Monday at Maryland, Merlin's? It's been a no, while. No, it's the fourth. It's the fourth. fourth Monday at Merlin's. Got it. Yeah, it's the fourth Monday at Merlin's. We'll uh, we'll actually put it in the show notes for certain, but um, it's the fourth Monday at Merlin's for sure because we're actually going to go on the third Monday, so we're going to miss out on the pub sing. Yeah, but it'll still give us a wonderful opportunity to get there, you know, taste some some of the new stuff that they might have, and then uh, just enjoy a couple cocktails while we're there. Mm-hmm. The other thing that is awesome about Merlin's Rest, actually, you know what? We launched right into uh, talking about Merlin's Rest without actually getting into telling you what Merlin's Rest is. That is true. Merlin's Rest is a neighborhood pub. It is a British-Irish pub. Yeah, it's it's kind of more Scottish. Irish, but it still has uh, it still has a little bit of everything from the British Isles. Yeah, it's sort of like it, it, it's. In fact, if you're look, if you're from, if you're like a British expat, there are really two places in the cities that you can go to. Yeah, it's Merlin's or it's Brits. That yeah, where if you're an expat and you want to feel at home, those are the two places where you'll really, I think, feel at home. I mean, we have plenty of other places that you can go to, but. Oh yeah, it's there's no shortage of places to go grab a pint and you know have some food in the mm-hmm. area. But if you're looking for more an authentic situation, that or the local, you could also go That's to the local. True. But that is much more of an Irish pub. Now, um, the thing that makes Merlin's unique, aside from or in like as standing aside from those other places that we've mentioned, is that Merlin's doesn't have any TVs inside. Not a single one. Not a single one. Which is astoundingly unique for a bar these days. You know, the greatest part about it, though, is it allows you to really focus on the conversation. It allows you to focus on the people that are around you, be it your you know, friends and family that you brought, or if you're sitting at the bar just kind of interacting with strangers. Uh, and it also it keeps you from just being overwhelmed by all of the sporting matches that are always on at almost every bar you go to. So speaking of going there, let's go ahead and check it out. We'll talk to you here in a short moment from Merlin's Rest. We're sitting here in Merlin's Rest in the Lake Street district of Minneapolis. Kind of the East Lake, the East Lake area, yes. And I have in front of me a Cadbury hot chocolate. Booze in it. 
And I, while Andy is taking that distant or that taste, I have a, a Nanny's Cure All, which is a uh, ginger-infused Irish whiskey with a um, uh, some hot apple cider, and then it has apples and ginger bits in it. Oh, that's delicious. Would you like a... Yeah, yeah. I'd love to. So, we'll taste each um, other's. The chocolate has rich, velvety texture to it. It actually really does taste like you're drinking a Cadbury chocolate. That is, uh, that is just a rich, chocolatey flavor. It's got some nice whipped cream up on top. Um, and that Nanny's Girl has like, mm-hmm. the peppery notes. Like mm-hmm. the, the, and like really, if I were if I had just been out skiing all day, I would drink that. Yeah, every time that I I come here, I think I end up getting one because I generally end up coming here in winter, and it's just easier for me, you know, to warm up coming in from the super brutal cold Minnesota winter uh, to have a nice hot alcoholic beverage. So let's talk a little bit about the ambiance while we sip on the drinks. Um, we're sitting here in the old bogies corner. Yep, that's what we've kind of called it. It actually has a sign behind me. I do see the plaque now that it says Old Farts Corner. Oh, oh yeah, Old Farts. Sorry, not Old Fogies. And there is an actual um, thing, a plaque on the wall here, a painting. No, not a painting, a scroll. It says, I am music. Music, ancient of the arts. I am more than ancient. I am eternal. Even before life commenced upon this earth, I was here in the winds and the waves. I love that there's there's a, like a poem mm-hmm. of music on here because this place has uh, music in its identity. Oh yeah, because you've got the you've got the week or the monthly uh, pub sings that yeah. happen here. Bagpipers that will come in and play. You do have bagpipers. Come in and play. Um, I think they did karaoke for a while. I don't know if they still do. They have Morris dancers that come in. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you've never seen a Morris dancer, you should get out and see them. Um, and I do know that they exist outside of Minnesota because I ran into some Morris dancers when I was in uh, Portland. Yes, Portland sounds like the type of place that would have Morris dancers as yes. well. Well, they do exist worldwide. Like, In fact, um, the Morris dancers from here traveled to Portland. Uh, Portland or Seattle uh, fairly recently to visit the Morris dancers out there. Oh, that's wonderful. Them. Oh, hey, sweet. Our sausage rolls have arrived. We got our sausage rolls. Thank you so much, awesome. ma'am. Awesome. Here. What do you need with those? No, I think we're really good. What was I need sorted some tater tots. We just got our sausage rolls here, so we're going to dig in um, to a delicacy. The nice thing is uh, the sausage that they do here is actually locally sourced to a specific recipe to make sure it's as traditional Irish as possible. So we just got our sausage rolls delivered, and while we wait for them to cool a little bit, I'm going to go ahead and taste a little bit of the whiskey that we got. So the first one we're tasting is the Pogues whiskey, mm-hmm. and uh, it's got a whiskey scent on the nose. <laughs> no, it's an Irish whiskey. Yeah. Well, the question is, this this is going to be a peaty whiskey or not? Well, this one we don't know because it is a... it's not really described as anything by. Yeah, it's a, it's a nice kind of light, just mm-hmm. it's almost just fresh. Like it's almost got like kind of a minty uh, note going on for the nose. Yeah, uh-huh. and it actually kind of carries through that on the tongue too. Oh, that's delicious. It doesn't. It does have the bite towards the end. It has that traditional whiskey just yeah. back a palate burn, uh, but it's it's nice and light at the front of your palate. It's really delicious. I like yeah, it a lot. No, I really like that one a 
that too. I'm going to take a bite of this sauce because it looks good and it smells really, really good. And, the, and the thing you need to know about the, uh, the whiskey tasting here, they do a scotch tasting kind of monthly um, and they have uh, they have a book of both Irish whiskeys and Scotch whiskeys and it is a full pour and half pour uh, depending on the, the price of the bottle and so everything you know if you're looking for you know a 40 plus year Irish whiskey they do have it it's going to be quite a bit for just a regular pour However, uh, it's an extensive list, and they have a lot of different whiskeys to really learn how to explore tasting whiskeys. Oh, my word. Karen? The sausage roll is amazing, isn't it? Yeah. Don't eat it in front of the mic, but um, it's absolutely amazing, and I really hope that we didn't get me just smacking my lips because... Mm -hmm. No, I didn't hear any of that. Um, the, the thing about the sausages here, because I've, I've had the bangers, bangers and mash before, uh, and it's just it's sausage with mashed potatoes, and it comes with a side of peas, and it's delicious. Yeah, and they have a really good um, like seasoning mix, too, in the mm -hmm. sausage, and that's something that's... Um, and it's something, it's something they make to order locally. So they have a, they work with a local sausage maker, and they have that, uh, like, kind of a recipe of their own that they, they set and they get from them. There's just something, you know, eating surrounded by a coat of arms and... Like a couple dozen coats of arms yeah, as well. A dozen coats of arms, mugs hanging from the ceiling, more bottles of liquor than you really know what to do with. Yeah, it's you know the the whiskey selection is extensive, and it's just a normal bar that has your standard everyday fare. So they they make a lot of a lot of different cocktails, and it's it's nice and it's covered in like wood paneling. It mm -hmm. kind of looks like a '70s rec room, but in the best version of that. And then what, what are we, what's That's, the next one we're tasting? This is uh, Conabara. Oh, the Conabara. I believe. Let me look at the list while you do this. I'm going to put my mic down, so sorry. Yeah. There's a jolt here. Uh, the peat comes through in the nose intensely. Wow. It just smells earthy. Allow me to take a moment and indulge myself. Okay, the peat... Conamara. It's Conamara, and he is confirming. Um, the peat really hits the center of the palate. It's not like right up front, um, but it kind of carries through the back of the palate, and like that, that regular Irish whiskey burn is kind of muted by just the over overwhelming presence of the peat. But if you like a peaty whiskey, it is delicious. Yeah, we have the twelve year. And I double, I'd have to double check, but I think they have. Do they have a, a ten at twelve? No, they have the twelve. They have the regular Conamara, and then they have the single barrel. Okay. Because some of these, again, they, they have some extremely well-aged uh, whiskeys on uh, as uh, bits that are available. I know I've seen a uh, 25-year and I think 30, and they might have a 40. I'm actually going to double-check that. You do have to be careful, though, because you could easily spend over $100 simply just with little tiny half full bars of whiskey in one sitting here. Oh, yeah. There are... Um, so the 21-year Red Breast is a $36 for a half pour. So that is an incredibly, incredibly expensive. But it's worth it, right? Or, oh, I have uh, I have a 12-year red breast that I've been working through at home yeah. for 
the past nine years almost. Seven years. It's been seven years since I got that bottle and it's still not finished and it's still delicious every time I go back to it. So you're saying that we need to record at your house and taste that now, right? Uh, yeah, I have a, I have a Glen Murray, um single malt 12 year as well that I have not that's, yet opened. Scotch. That's a yeah, scotch. The, the thing we're tasting right now is Irish whiskey. Yes. The red breast is the Irish. It's more that mm-hmm. I'm now thinking of the alcohol that I have at home that I have not touched that we should as a pair uh, go through. I think we shall. Uh, Aaron, let's see. You know, we have a thing here on Travel by Proxy. And uh, we will save this for when we get back to our actual uh, studio. The Travel by Proxy spare bedroom studio. The Sorry, spare guest bedroom Yes, studio. guest bedroom studio. Um, but it is our completely arbitrary review scale. And um, if, if you would like to remind our listeners, what is the completely arbitrary review scale? Uh, instead of a numerical value, we are picking something that uh, we feel, while making absolutely no real sense in the real world, is what most reminds us or makes us think of Merlin's Rest in this particular instance. Yeah, so stay tuned, and we'll tell you about that in the next section. I love Merlin's Rest. I love Merlin's Rest as well. I've been there quite a few times. And honestly, every time I go, it's a new experience and it's super fun. Yeah. My favorite thing about visiting Merlin's Rest is the the culture of it. Mm-hmm. The fact that you get a book of whiskey, a mm-hmm. book of scotch mm-hmm. that you can go through, review, that the people that are serving you have a knowledge of it and can recommend it. Mm-hmm. In fact, um, the drink that we have right now is an Irish whiskey that you just gave to me. Yeah, it is a uh, it's a twelve year old red breast that uh, actually was given to me as a gift back in twenty twelve. Uh, but it is still very delicious, and it's just kind of sat in that bottle, continuing to be a twelve year old whiskey. And that is why my completely arbitrary review scale item, the reason that I would go back to Merlin's Rest, is a book of whiskey. A book of whiskey. I like that. Yeah. I, I think for our completely arbitrary review scale, I would say that the reason I continue to go back is actually just the sausage. You know, we just heard about the sausage rolls and I talked about the bangers and mash. And I just every time I go there, I have something with sausage in it and it's delicious every time. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm really sorry, Aaron. I know I shouldn't be laughing at this. This is a completely inappropriate thing to laugh at. Are you just laughing at my love of sausage? I, I am. And... And as a progressive queer person, like, I shouldn't be laughing at this, but I just can't stop the fact that you said I keep going back for the sausage. I just feel so immature right now. If uh, if my wife-to-be was here, the first thing she would say is, through the giggles, is just that's what she said, because that is the favorite thing that she ever says. Um, so... The other cool part about Merlin's Rest is the fact that it is it has a community to it. Mm-hmm. Um, the idea that you can come in and represent all kinds of bands and all kinds of ideas. Um, it's just a rich culture. Um, you know, in, an, in a place, in a city that has so many different trivia companies, Merlin's Rest just has a person that does trivia. Yeah, they don't farm it out. They just have a person on staff. Yeah. And they probably mm-hmm. have an Irish accent. It's and an, wonderful. You wait. You've never done trivia there. I I did once, but it was like eight nine years ago, and I don't remember it very well. Oh, I'm sorry. It's so much fun. For those of you in the area, go go to Merlin's Rest. Do it trivia. is so Just much fun. Yeah. Go to Merlin's Rest in general, and then go and play trivia mafia trivia. Uh, shameless plug. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, at the Alamo Draft House because that's where I host. 
Is that uh, Tuesday nights? No, Wednesday nights. Wednesday nights. See, that's why I asked. Yeah, I'm glad you asked. Sure we're correct. I'm your co-host. How do you not know what night that I host trivia? I mean, to be fair, I barely ever get to go because I'm usually working those nights. Yeah, that's true. So when it comes to uh, the history of Merlin's Rest, it is a bar that is a neighborhood bar. Mm-hmm. And it is a bar that has sponsors and sponsorships. Mm-hmm. And it is a bar that has a long history behind it. Oh, yeah. It's just every time you go there, you learn something new, and it's just wonderful. Yeah. Should we uh, pull up the history of it? Please do. So Merlin's Rest has been a neighborhood pub for a very long time. Um, it is sort of this whiskey pub um, that's been around forever. The neighbor's really seem to enjoy having it here. I mean, if you just listen to some of the comments that have been made about the pub, um, the Lake Street Council is happy to support Merlin's Pub having additional sidewalk tables. Um, I'm a transplant living in Minneapolis for almost six years, and my husband and I are frequent diners at Merlin's Rest. It's become something of a home away from home for us. I spent much of my time back in Chicago at the Irish American Heritage Center's Fifth Province Pub, and Merlin's is the one place in Minneapolis that carries that same authentic and wonderful vibe that I miss from back home. Tracy and Lee, the the mm-hmm. owners or managers, mm-hmm. depending on either capacity, have always been consummate professionals, working hard to accommodate their guests. When I started coming more regularly, I especially took notice of Tracy's interaction with guests. You can tell just sitting and watching her, Lee and the rest of the staff, that Merlin's is a place where they genuinely care about their guests. They want people to have the best experience possible to make sure that people are genuinely enjoying their food and drink and the ambiance. They're social, provide excellent food and service, and have a very well-established local following. They are, in my opinion, one of the best pubs in the cities. They're total professionals. And that's absolutely correct. Completely honest. I mean, every time I've been there, I've felt the exact same way. Mm -hmm. There's nothing about that whole review that feels in any way disingenuous to me. It's amazing. I just love going there. Mm-hmm. I love them too. Uh, I I really do. Um, one of my highlights, and I've I I believe I may have mentioned this before, but you know I could probably actually go and listen to this episode. But you know I've had mm-hmm. some uh, scotch tonight, so we've had Glen Murray and we've had the Red Breast, and uh, I, th- I think I, I had uh, I had a mule in the middle of that. Yeah. So. Uh, we have had quite a bit to drink because we're planning my bachelor party. So Woo. that's a thing. So when this finally comes out, everyone's going to be like, how was it? And it might not have happened yet. Uh, no, when this comes out, it'll be past your bachelor party. Oh, probably. Wait, hang no. on. Let's do the math. Uh, this is episode this is, this 107. Is gonna, this is going to so come out three weeks before my bachelor party. This will come out three weeks before. <laughs> how will your bachelor party be? Oh, it's going to be great. We planned most of it. Yeah. Woo! We'll so, go do some scotch tastings yeah. at uh, Merlin's. And look forward to uh, episode like 114 yeah. after the wedding when we'll actually be talking no, about No, um, my favorite part about Merlin's actually is the pub sings. Mm-hmm. Um, there is this electric feel of being in a pub filled with people singing. Do they ever have the like the the random person that will just get up and do acapella stuff? Because I, I that, love That's those. what it is. Oh, that's amazing. You, you've never been to a pub I sing? I haven't been to a pub All sing. All right, so... I'm going to take you to this earlier in the episode, but we—I still haven't been. (laughs) I'm taking you to the Dubliner. 
Okay. For the for the pub sing there. Okay. And then we're going to go do the one at Merlin's. And you'll kind of experience the difference between the two. Okay. Uh, Dubliner is the place where I was introduced to them. But mm-hmm. Merlin's is the place that I really enjoy them the most. Good to know. All right. And we'll just do a follow-up on the blog on that because mm-hmm. we've done yeah, that yeah. now for the pizza Because there's episode, just, there's we'll just something about people like standing up and just belting it out. Mm-hmm. That sounds great. Yeah. Just sea just shanty pub sings. With a lot of Irish accents. Yeah, wonderful. You, you know, just wonderful. Yeah, just somebody singing, and all the money that her I spent, <laughs> I spent it in good company. This is going to turn into a pub sing. It no, it's really, not. It's, no, I'm done. I'm we're, done. We're done now. Okay, we're done because I was we're about done. to start. Okay, so with the time that we have remaining. I know you have gotten really into genealogy recently. Do you mm-hmm. want to walk us through some of that? Yeah. So um, my uh, my great-grandfather, um, we didn't really know a whole lot about his story because my grandma was sort of born under mysterious circumstances. Hmm. Um, my my family, my dad's family doesn't really talk about my, gran- my great-grandpa too much. Okay. Um, he, uh, like... They, they they will say his name, like, they don't really ever say his name even, like, it's just Grandpa Kelly. Oh, okay. Like, uh, nobody really ever said who he was or anything like that. Like, mm-hmm. they'll talk about uh, my great-grandmother's family and her name, but nobody really ever talks about my great-grandfather's side. So, um, my husband and I got into, like, ancestry and genealogy, and we started really digging deeper, and um, for the longest time... <laughs> Okay, this is going to kind of paint things in a bad light, but it turns around. Okay. My um my family was sort of half convinced that my grandfather might have been a John. Oh, like uh a yeah. John. There's no real other way to explain that. Yeah, if that my great-grandmother might have been a prostitute. Too- okay, fine. We'll go there. Yeah. I was going to say if you don't know what that means, you're probably too young to be listening to this she, podcast. She might have been a she might have been oh, she was a piano player for a speakeasy okay that was that was sort of the story that i had been told growing up and um my dad of course always insisted that that wasn't the case but um my mom liking you know liking to poke fun at that story Mm -hmm. because it didn't really have a lot of details to it like to sort of jokingly say that she was not really a piano player but she was more of a piano player wink wink anyway um when we started digging into the genealogy, that's when things kind of got interesting because we had a last name mm-hmm. and we found a birth certificate with initials on it. Mm-hmm. So we started kind of digging a little bit deeper and uh, we actually managed to find the reason why we can't find too much about him. Why is that? Um, it's because he and my great grandmother may have never actually been married. Oh, so it was like an unwed child yeah. kind of situation. Like we found a wed we found a wedding license. Oh, okay. We're not sure if it's theirs. Ah. Um, because it's kind of hard to verify, obviously. Mm-hmm. But we found a wedding license. We're not sure if it's theirs. We did find more of their family history though, due to censuses and that sort of thing. Oh yeah. So we're able to kind of determine a rough history of it and a rough timeline. So mm-hmm. what kind of happens is my um my great grandfather's name was Charles Kelly. So you finally had a first name. Yep, Charles A. Kelly. Mm-hmm. Um, so what kind of happens is he's born to uh, uh, a, a father, and obviously, like most, like like some people are, 
Most people have. We shouldn't know. be heteronormative. We should, like some people are. And um, he, and he, his, his father passes away, and he ends up being raised by his mother and his aunt hmm. at a sort of boarding house slash hotel in South Omaha, Nebraska. Wow. Now you're probably sitting there thinking to yourself, South Omaha, Nebraska. What does this have to do with Ireland? Well, actually, well, okay, so that part too, but um, South Omaha, Nebraska doesn't exist anymore. No, it's just it's all Omaha. into Omaha. Yeah. Um, South Omaha was sort of like the poor meatpacking district of Nebraska where a lot of Irish immigrants em- ended up eventually. Okay, so those that didn't settle in Boston, kind of East Coast, that yeah, they eventually further moved yeah. further in with like the Homestead Act and trying to you know do westward expansion for mm-hmm. jobs and that sort of thing. Yeah, and his aunt and mother ran this boarding house uh, where people would go and stay uh, while they worked at the plants. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, so he actually eventually got a job as a pipe fitter. Which is somebody who would go and like install sprinkler systems in yeah. uh, like like emergency sprinkler systems in businesses and stuff. And just a lot of other kind of plumbing and whatnot. Yeah, which meant that he traveled. Yeah. Um, he also ended up serving in the war, at World War One, and that kind mm-hmm. of thing. But that like came a little bit later. Gotcha. Um, but as a pipe fitter, it meant that he traveled a little bit more. And that's how he found his way to like Wisconsin and Michigan. Mm-hmm. And I think that's actually where he met B, my great grandmother, mm-hmm. who was kind of uh, studying to be a school teacher at the time. Oh. And I think that's how they met and ended up together, not married. So we still end up in a situation where there is a marriage license that may or may not be for them that does exist. Right. Now, the marriage license doesn't exist in Wisconsin at all. What state, or did it exist in a state? So the birth exists in Texas. Wow. That's the weird part. But so my my line of thinking is either A, he ended up getting called down to Texas for a job, and that's how my grandma got born, Mm -hmm. or B, Texas didn't really have as strict of a view on unwed mothers as other states did, and so Mm -hmm. that's why they went down there for for the baby to get born so that she could actually be born with two parents on the birth certificate. So both parents are on the birth certificate for your right. grandmother. But they... he's only listed as C.A. Kelly. Oh. Things you learn. Right. Um, but you can actually still follow, because we have that information mm-hmm. about the other parts of his family, we were able to actually trace that back to Ireland itself. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. And does that go back a couple generations? A couple of generations, okay. yeah. It ends up, it's we sort of lose it once we get back into uh, the mainland area of Ireland because it's really, really hard to track somebody with the last name of Kelly. Yeah, it's not a, it's a very common name. It is a really common last name. And, and um, Kelly tends to be pretty um, like transitive. So some people put like an E in it and some people won't put an E. Mm-hmm. And they'll do that in the same family. Well, and it's also, you know, when uh, when immigration happened, uh, I know, like, I had a, a friend whose uh, last name was so common that, you know, the, their ancestor's last name was so common that they adopted the name of the farm that they had worked on. Oh, yeah, exactly. Uh, and, like, my, you know, my mother's family, uh, they are the Larkins, uh, L-A-R-K-I-N, mm-hmm. uh, but the original name when they came to Ellis Island was Oler Kane. Um, so the, the C turned into a K, the O and the apostrophe were dropped, and, uh, you know, I don't have a lot of info for from where they originally were in, you know, which county or anything like that. But, uh, you know, everyone, 
everyone that's white and from Minneapolis or from the Minnesota area kind of has some sort of Irish or Norwegian heritage. Yeah, true. Exactly. So it, it really is kind of an, an interesting experience. And, and the thing that actually sealed the deal for me, the reason I was able to actually verify all of this Mm -hmm. was I found a work order that tied C.A. Kelly to a Francis, like, X Kersher. Hmm. My dad said that he got a graduation card from a Francis X Kersher. Whoa. Yeah. That's insane. I know. So, like, like, I spent months working on this, tracking, like, just wiggling around in these like down these paths and like traveling along these lines looking up census documents Mm -hmm. war documents Mm -hmm. analyzing like there were so many kelly's that were deserters during the war that i was like oh i really hope that my great-grandfather wasn't one of these people yeah that's nuts Uh uh-huh well i mean it's great that we are able to share all this and this is a lot different than our normal fare but thank you all for coming to listen to us here at travel by proxy are we uh we're still doing okay on time actually well we're running but we're running out of time right now so if you're actually really interested in kind of chatting with us do you have a really cool story about digging into your family history or maybe do you have any cool stories about irish food or you know a local pub or just a cool story you want to share with somebody and you haven't found the ability to do so either way you can give us an email at fans at travel our travel by proxy theme is good day by alex copyright 2012 our closing music is now we're talking by jaris copyright 2015 both being licensed under a creative commons attribution 3.0 license and can be found at dig.ccmixture.org we wish you a look out your window have a good Walking time, everybody. with you and your Moving peace stones and your Rearranging all the pieces that you find Now we're talking about Things and places, all the names And the faces of the people that you love